Welcome to the Dorkiest Podcast, everybody. I am your co-host, Mike, and joining me is my business partner, my creative partner, who's always ready to make a hit show. I mean, we've done it before. We're going to do it again. It's Daniel. Welcome back, buddy. It's good to hear from you again. Thank you, Mike. It's good to hear from you, too. Dude, let's make some money. Let's make history. <laughs> we, we've yes. already like changed the world with our Mass Effect uh, series that just exploded into popularity like you know we, right. they came to us we were the right person to you know come and make that show huge success i'm just swimming in 100 bills right now let's do it again <laughs> why not <laughs> absolutely dude so let, let, let's waste no time let's jump into the show let's jump into our first segment uh before we get into uh you know our adaptation of the horizon zero dawn series or movie uh we haven't decided yet we're just going to do that Live on air, uh, Sony has come to us. They 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 have this very fa- valuable franchise, and they need us and our very successful track record of building hit shows. Uh, but before then, Daniel, I know with your two working arms, you just love playing <laughs> video games, just <laughs> nonstop. And you're just every day you wake up, you're just like, man, I'm so glad that I have two working arms. So you must have been playing so many video games this past week haven't you daniel what is it that you're playing over there uh i have been playing nothing because i'm sorry to break this to you mike uh, i'm breaking a lot of things apparently recently <laughs> I, I, I broke my hand oh my god what ha- can, can do you want to share what happened to your hand right i have to probably say this in the uh, least amount uh, with least detail possible unless my work hunt me down yeah no (laughs) problem uh, (laughs) but let's just say at work i was doing my job you know accidents befall my right hand broke (laughs) oh gosh and like right in like the pinky area right i think is that that's what you told me yes and one note it's basically that bone that's like between your knuckle and your wrist for my pinky oh gosh Oh my gosh! I, are you in like a a lot of pain? Like I imagine, like when it actually happened, I was probably. It sounds excruciating, but like, are you in a lot of pain now? Uh, no, thankfully I have been, like you know the doctor prescribed me medication. I've really been good with like Advil, so. Okay, that's good. But yeah, pretty much it was. Uh, well, I'll be through my thought process. Was okay. Ow! 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 I'm just like <laughs> I'm like. I'm like, I'm going to like grab an ice cold bottle of water out of the fridge and go sit in the bathroom for a minute, like see see if that hurts. Because, you know, at first I'm like, I don't know what happened. And I, I'd rather not make a big deal of this if I can help it. You know, workplace oh, uh, policy, safety policies and all that. And I'm just like, okay, it's not stopping hurting. And it's my hand is swelling. I should probably tell some. I should probably say something. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, that that's so sad. About that, like the first thing that you think of when you hurt yourself is like, maybe I shouldn't tell anybody because I don't want to risk right. my job. Wow, dude! Right, yeah. uh, capitalist America, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Yeah, this is a system but, we have to work with, folks. Right. So, first, all of my Tuesday was at the doctor. Oh my gosh, dude! But so, like. You, you've, I mean, you showed me a picture earlier today, like you've kind of upgraded into a, a nice little wrist wrap. So like, yeah. it sounds like your, your, the healing process is going well for you. Yeah. Uh, according to the doctor, most likely, you know, I gotta go back in two weeks, two, two to four weeks of wearing this, then probably however long it'll take a physical therapy, but uh, 
they said it was everything looked good for right now. Okay, so the doctor, the doctor's not expecting you to have like permanent like nerve or no. bone damage or anything. Okay. No, he said that it's apparently a very common and you know, re- you know relatively easy to fix thing. It's really just like just wrap your hand, don't move it, let it heal, and it usually should heal perfectly fine. Okay, and then as soon as you get this wrap or this cast off, it's straight to Bloodborne to you? <laughs> Something like that. Okay, cool. Because you're going to really, really need your right hand for Bloodborne. Like, this, it's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of dexterity for that game. <laughs> right. All right. Well, so, yeah, I imagine, like, with the cast and stuff, it's hard to hold a controller. But, like, have you tried with, you know, now that you've been upgraded to a wrap, have you at least tried putting a controller in your hand? Is it uncomfortable? It, it, it was literally the first thing I did when I got home. I'm like, <laughs> hang on, I, I have a free thumb and two fingers. Let me see. I'm like, it's a little awkward, but it doesn't hurt or anything. So I, I going for, I should be able to get some gaming in. Okay, yeah. Are, are you are you working right now or are you off work? Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, because since the doctor says, like, yeah, you just can't use your right hand. I am officially on uh, Quigglet Light Duty. Light Duty, yeah. Okay, well, you know, got to make that money, I guess. Yeah, it's like, well, I was like, at least I'm getting paid this way. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's not like a, a super serious injury, and I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear that you're feeling better already. So, yeah, man, best of luck to you, and like, uh, hope it sounds like you'll be gaming in no time. Right. I say yes, I'll be. Hopefully this will get. Hopefully by next time we record, I will have wrapped up Cyberpunk and I can uh, march into Deathloop. Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh! And you were like right. And I was telling you too, like <laughs> you were right at the end of Cyberpunk <laughs> when this I happened. Was so I was so confident last episode. I was like, no, by the time I get over, I will definitely be done. And the next day, <laughs> literally oh next day. Well, yeah. Well, hopefully again, like whenever you boot up that your PS5 again, uh, I'm sure Cyberpunk will be right there waiting for you. It will. Very good, dude. All right, Mike. So, uh, so you, my friend with two functioning hands. I was about to say, have, I got both my hands, baby. <laughs> I say, what have you been playing over there? Oh, I've been playing a good handful of stuff, uh, but I, uh, no pun intended, I've been playing a handful of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I uh, picked uh, Returnal back up, actually. You know, I, I, uh, uh, you I know dro- what? I, I saw that because yeah. I follow you on GG now. Oh, there we go. Hell yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, GG app, uh, ggapp.io on your web browser, or there's a GG app on your uh, uh, on your local phone store. So check that out. That's a great way to manage your backlog. But yes, I've been uh, picking back up a Returnal uh, after kind of dropping uh cuphead and i'll maybe i'll come back to that maybe later in the year but we'll we'll see i definitely ha- wasn't really having a good time with that but uh i decided to jump back into returnal because i've been a, a lot less uh stressed out at my new job not that my new job is stressful it's just like i'm in the learning process of my new job so i've right. I just like my my entire like focus has been on that I haven't really been able to focus on like games that require a lot of dexterity or um you, you know a whole thought process so now that I picked up on Returnal, uh, I've actually made a little bit of progress. I, I actually passed that boss that was giving me the a really hard time, and I made it to the next area. And I won't say too much, but because I I feel like for the story, the mystery at least, which is I think part of this game's main appeal, uh, I I've made significant progress with discovering what's going on 
in this world so it, it is like a time loop type of game every time you die you go back to the ship you start you, you start the loop over again and you try to unravel the mystery of why you're here why you can't leave uh where this signal is coming from that kind of drew you here for the to for the first in the first place uh so huge twist uh that's probably a spoiler saying that already but like yeah it, it really threw me off like oh wow i'm done with the game or oh no okay this this happened so it, it was actually quite fascinating so i'm i'm back in on returnal um admittedly i haven't picked it back up uh in, in the last couple of days because uh because somebody's been playing the ps5 and i'll get to that in a bit but uh, <laughs> uh last week uh, as of this recording was valentine's day and uh, a game that came out on Valentine's Day was something that um, me and my wife Erica were really excited to play as we saw it at the Nintendo Indie Direct back in, I think, November or October, whenever that was. Uh, it's this cute little indie game. Uh, I believe like it was a two-person team that built this game. And the game is called Blanc. That's uh, uh, the French word for white, B-L-A-N-C. Uh, it is this adorable little... I, I would say it's a platformer game. It's like a platform adventure game. If you, if, if anybody wants to look it up, uh, again, it's B-L-A-N-C. Uh, and it's out on Switch. It's out on Steam. It's out on the Epic Game Store. Um, I don't think it's out on PlayStation or Xbox at the moment. But uh, So the premise of this game is, is this two-player game. You can play it one player, similar to Brothers Tale of Two Sons, where one side of the controller is... Uh, one of the characters the other side of the character you know side of the controller is the other uh yeah. and you can you can you know control them in tandem but the game was intended to be played uh with a with a with a partner because the game's overall theme is about togetherness and um the 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 joy of having somebody by your side to help you and to push you along and to support you uh so the premise of the game is that uh you're you can choose one of two characters you're either this uh this doe or this little baby wolf and the the whole game there's like there's no dialogue there's no text there's no uh there's no like story i guess like kind of driving you it's all kind of told through uh like visual expo- exposition through like environmental storytelling things like that and uh so the game starts like this is like the aftermath of this big winter storm and uh, the baby wolf and the doe got separated from their families. And at first, they're kind of wary of each other, but they, 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 come, they come to learn to help one another to navigate the area and uh, help each other find their families. You know, because the wolf can do things that the doe can't, and the doe can do things that the wolf can't. So uh, it really is just a game about working together and um, just, you know, finding your family together. And it, it's, just, it's this perfect little game that you could finish in one night if you want to go through the whole thing. Uh, for Erica and I, it took us like two and a half hours just straight on through. Like like for Valentine's Day, like I made dinner and dessert for uh, for me and her. And then and then we downloaded this game. It's $15 on Switch. It's probably around that same price on PC as well. Uh, so it's this cute little game. You know, if you like playing co-op games, you know, Daniel, I know you and your wife, that's something that you guys enjoy doing as well. Consider picking this up, like yes. look into it. Like the the art style is gorgeous. Everything is hand-drawn. Like, um, and, and it just looks like a living uh, sketch pad. Uh, cause the entire game is like in black and white, everything is pencil sketches and things like that. It's just this adorable game with great music, great atmosphere. And I think it's a, I think it's a good time. Definitely sounds interesting. I will look into that. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, you know, it, 
I, I definitely would recommend it to everybody out there. Uh, even if you just want to play uh, solo, I think it's worth it just for like the art style uh, in, in, and of, in and of itself. Uh, so finally, uh, the reason why I haven't been playing Returnal is because uh, somebody, like I mentioned, has been using the PS5. And, uh, and it's been a joy just kind of like watching her play because she genuinely is having a blast with uh, Hogwarts Legacy. So... I don't know if we have to like preface this with anything, Daniel. It's definitely an exhausting topic to talk it, about. It's exhausting. Yeah, but I guess we could just say, you know, I personally don't believe that you are a bigot or a or a transphobe for choosing to play this game. I I definitely believe that like the Wizarding World franchise is so big that it's outside of the original creator's hands at this point as as evidence of this game like a whole team of talented developers really worked hard to make this to, to like recreate this world using like the books and the movies as reference and yeah i mean like the original creator is going to profit off of this but the goodwill of this franchise and the fan base and the people who have really like like sought out like a a found family because of this franchise is well worth the price of admission outside of the the negative stuff that the that the owner that that that, that the creator is putting out there in the world so i mean i did you want to add anything to that daniel no yeah you pretty much just said it it's just like i i think like it's just the very like bubble and echo chamber mentality is like because you know at if you're based off, I guess the circles I follow on Twitter, if you would have just, if I would have just based it off of them, I thought there was like this massive boycott for this game that no one was going to play it. And I'm looking at like, no, it sold well. It's it really selling really like well. It's, uh, yeah, last like, time yeah. I checked, it, it was outpacing Elden Ring, which was like the number two or three best selling game of 2022. Right. And so, like, and to the point where one of the YouTubers I follow that does like, which I go to to learn a lot of stuff about RPGs. Did a whole video basically saying that the Hogwarts, uh, as he bang it, like, you know, boycott was fake because he's like, it's just a few thousand people on Twitter. Mm. I'm like, yeah, that's how it really comes across. And I, I think, I think it was from his video, it said it really well. He's like, the irony of a bunch of people using their iPhone, as he, you know, text, you know, tweeting about how bad you are for against game money while you're on your iPhones that were made in a sweatshop somewhere mm-hmm. in, in Indonesia. It's like, you kind of get it, right? It's like, we start breaking this down. Everything you buy in a capitalist society is, is gotten unethically. Like, yeah. I mean, that, it, that, that kind of like, you know, that, that kind of like, uh, says the whole thing right there. Like, right. There's no ethical consumption under cap- capitalism. So, right. Like, you know, I, should I stop playing Nintendo games because 7% of the shares of Nintendo are owned by, like, a Saudi Arabian, like, uh, family who that, that is known to do, like, her, you know, horrific things in Saudi Arabia? Like, should I just not play anything that was made by Naughty Dog because, like, there's been, there's been uh, reports of, uh, like, crunch and, like, workers... You know, workers not being treated ethically over there. I mean, like, yeah, that that's that's stuff that we can contend with with our for our own um, morality and stuff. But like, it's like like I said at the beginning of this for here, it's it, the Hogwarts thing, the Wizarding World thing is way beyond J.K. Rowling at this point. Like, you, exactly. you know, and if you choose not to play this game, 
yo, that's completely fair. Like no one's going to be like, yeah, good, good on you for, for standing up to your values, right? Like if you, if your lived experience is that you are harmed or harassed because of who you are, then like, I completely understand that like maybe playing a game that reminds you that like the creator actively hates you and is pushing to have other people hate you as well. Maybe that might be that might not be a good time, right? But uh, exactly, yeah. So you know, it's, and it's definitely a, a, from a place of privilege that I that me and my wife come from by choosing to engage with this game. But like, outside of that, like the game itself, phenomenal. Like I have not like picked up the controller myself for this. I'm I'm just watching Erica play. Like she's been a huge super fan of Harry Potter and the Wizarding World. Like for most of her life, like ever since the first book came out. So like this gotcha. is pretty much like the 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 game that like everybody who's been a fan of harry potter since the books first started coming out this is what they've always wanted just a game where they could be themselves in this amazing castle and it's just been meticulously recreated by these very talented developers over at avalanche and uh you can tell that they put their heart and soul into it and for anybody out there who doesn't know, like they even put like a lot of like inclusive stuff in there because one of the professors is a trans woman and she has this real, from what I've seen, at least I haven't played the whole game. I haven't played it myself either. I I'm looking forward to playing it myself sometime in the near future. But like from yeah. what I've seen, it's like she has this really cool and like inspirational storyline about like her place and her identity in this magical world and how and what that means to her. So it's like super cool like that 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 they put that in there. That was a conscious effort you can tell and that's the developer saying like yo we do not stand with what the 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 creator of this franchise believes but like and and this is our stance on it. So yeah, so exactly. It's not a black and white thing and I really it, it's really disheartening to see people get harassed over this and i wonder too like if this if this harassment is coming because of these like very loud pro boycott people are 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 seeing that their quote-unquote boycott isn't working and the game is becoming more successful right right exactly i I think the one that just struck me like specifically scrolling through twitter and i'm not sure if it's someone i follow or a mutual person like but they post something on the lines of it's like the person said that they are gay. I, I believe they said they were, and they said that. Well, my friends said they were going to play the. They're, they bought this game, and well, I guess I know who my real friends are. And I'm like, uh, do you actually have a conversation with this? I'm just like, if you are truly friends, it's like I feel that's that shouldn't be enough to end a friendship without at least a conversation. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I and, and and like I said, like if you come from a place where every day you wake up and you have friends or you know supposed friends and supposed family members or people in general who just hate you because you are who you are i gun- i understand and i sympathize with that worldview and 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 it is coming from a place of privilege where like i i don't feel like that's my existence so like i understand yeah. like if you don't want to engage with this franchise or this game or whatever like that that's perfectly okay and you can share your experience with others and i'm sure they would i'm sure some people would sympathize with you and empathize with you but like to just blanket statement be like well you got you guys aren't my friends if you play this game like that's yeah, or that yeah that you're not an ally if you oh. choose to play this game i'm just like what i'm like i think that's a i don't know that's like 
I, I have recently just in general been about, or I think I just need to lo- log off Twitter for a while because it's getting a bit much. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I could have told you that outside of talking about this game. But. <laughs> right. It's just, I, I, I think I told my wife the other day, it's like, I, I'm tired of Twitter just not letting me enjoy anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. Again, the, the irony of like shouting all this on Twitter and who owns Twitter now? Like some transphobic some some old right yeah (laughs) nutcase who rejects his own trans child yeah it's like yeah exactly so you know uh but um outside of that like the game is very good and and the game looks great it 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 really does and i'm not a big you know wizarding world person like i i I, i've always like looked at it from afar and i'm like oh cool what a fascinating world like the world building seems really cool and you know things like that and they you know and you know just hearing my wife talk about it and talk about like oh yeah the books talked about this and this and this and like you know loving how happy this series makes her it just makes me happy too but like seeing the game itself it just looks like a fascinating game to play so once i get my hands on it i can talk about it a little bit more but um you know but thank you at least with you know for sharing your thoughts on you know the outside going on with this game because it really is a shame that this game is being overshadowed by that conversation yeah definitely because like i said like i honestly when i first heard it was coming out i thought it was going to so be a cash grabby like as a type of game mm-hmm. because like because you know mo- most games like that like they're based off franchises like that tend to be that yeah then, you gotta be definitely wary of licensed games <laughs> these days right and, and then i just saw all these videos about it and, and again they a guy that i really trust doing rpgs did a whole like 15 20 minute video talking about how hogwarts castle is the greatest inside map of an rpg i've ever played and i'm like Oh, hang on now. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> that's and, that's and quite I just, a statement. And I, and I can say, like, just from watching my wife just navigate the castle, and again, I don't have, like, a personal attachment to this world, but when she is explaining, like, oh, this is part of the castle that, like, blah, 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 and this, this is where the Hufflepuffs are, and this is where the Ravenclaws, like, common rooms are, and I'm just, like, looking around, like, whoa, everything here is cool. <laughs> and, like, yeah, like, I just want to explore it. Right, like, I'm just like, I could get so lost in this game. And like I said, like, I, I come from you. It's like, I, I watched the movies, and not until I was much older, because uh, my, my upbringing, it, it was considered a big no-no to watch yeah. to watch Harry Potter. <laughs> until, like, one day I was, like, 15, and my mom was like, do you want to watch these movies? I wanted to watch these movies. You want to watch these movies? I'm like, I, 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 I guess <laughs> don't so, tell sure. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah, so I don't really have a connection to it, but I'm just like, the, the game itself looks like I... I'm impressed with this, and my and my wife, who has never read or seen a thing Harry Potter, said she's like, I kind of want to get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. Yeah. And again, yeah. I haven't I haven't touched it myself, but like it looks like it plays really well as well, and there's a lot of accessibility options for anybody out there because I, I imagine like young people would want to jump into this game too. So there's a lot of accessibility stuff for people who may not be very familiar with like third person combat, especially like shooting combat. So. Uh, right. Yeah, I think this is a game for everybody. So, um, you know, if, if it looks like it's something that's up your alley and it, Daniel, it sounds like it very much is for you and your wife, definitely pick it up if it's on a good sale or, you you, you know, you decide to splurge on it because uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited to play this myself. Nice. All right, man. So uh, I think that's it for now. But uh, you had well, another I... uh, sub 
uh, subsection before we jump into our adaptation for the day? I, I, I did. It's like, it is the return of what I at least assume is a fan favorite segment. <laughs> it's it a favorite of mine. It is a return of the Taylor tirade. Taylor's tirading all over the place. Bet somebody stop yes. her. <laughs> yes, and uh, so I did it. This episode, I'm going to talk about the movie that has made her the angriest I think I've ever seen her out of film. Oh no, what is it? <laughs> uh, we watched Gone Girl this past week. The angriest? I did just like, I have never seen her rant or be like, all right, all right, pause, pause now, hang on now, I have something to say. <laughs> like, like, Mike, I, it's probably not what you think. She claims, oh, it's a good movie. Oh, It okay. just made me angry. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because we, you and I, Daniel, we have a mutual friend uh, over on uh, uh, Discord who has, like, so I, I imagine, like, Taylor's takes on it is probably similar to his, where he's just like, this is like the movie that gets me like the angriest in my entire life. I'm like, why, dude? Like, it's a great movie. I'm like, oh, no, the movie's great. I just hate the characters. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, it's not even necessarily the characters. It is definitely the message and the themes that like drove my wife off the wall because she oh. said she was watching it and she was like, I couldn't figure out. She, like, we're halfway through the movie and she's like, She's like, now pause. He goes, I know why this movie makes me so angry. Because she just said the first half of the movie was just her sitting there angry and not sure why. And she oh. said, because uh, I believe uh, Amy is the is the woman, correct? Correct, I'm yes. Name, right? She said, she goes, I hate Amy because Amy's just every, he said, this is exactly what dudes do to women all the time. But it's her doing it. <laughs> Well, wait, wait, yeah, I said, but I like, think that's the point of the movie, though. <laughs> and I told her, I was like, and she said, "Oh, I know that's the point of the movie." She's like, "It's just," and then I told her, "I was like, well, you know, a lot of people think of Amy as a femme fatale character, like a like a like a feminist icon." And she's like, "How? She's a misogynistic man." <laughs> oh my god, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> because she said, she said, "This is exactly what men do: they lie and gaslight." And, oh yeah, and, and get away and with it, and like and manipulate the story to where like they're the hero. Right? And she said, and she goes, and the only reason it's notable here is because it's a woman. <laughs> I yeah, like, but I, I like, think that's the commentary <laughs> that the author's yeah, trying to go for. Yeah, though. I think we, I think, I think we're all three in agreement. She's just like, yeah. and she said, it just this, the character of Amy made her just uncontrollably angry. But I thought that hmm. Again, I, I I'm not a woman. I don't have the lived experience of a woman. But so I, when I saw the film, I thought. Not maybe empowering is not the right word. I, I I felt like it was a eye-opening experience, you know, f- coming from a for for women. I think right because like women, uh, you know, are are constantly gaslit and manipulated by men. Like hashtag men are trash. Uh, but uh, like so 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 a movie like this where like she is the one in complete control. Like yeah, she's the villain. She's a murderer and stuff like that. But like where she's in full control. She's manipulating the media. She's manipulating her ex-husband. She's manipulating the people around her. And she's getting exactly what she wants because like, she's just taking everything that patriarchal society tells men that they can do and things that men do do. And she's just using it to her own advantage. So I thought that was like a pretty empowering character. I, I wouldn't go as so far to say like she's a feminist icon, but <laughs> but I just thought yeah. it was a fascinating like character study. 
Right. I, I think she, I think she's mostly agree. I just I told her I was like I was like what you don't find this empowering as all and she goes no because it's still messed up. <laughs> she's like she yeah. tells, she's like I she's not bad. wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yes, that was just fascinating. And as soon as I talked to her after we dealt with it, I'm like hey, you know I gotta bring this up uh, as a Taylor tirade, right? Because it's been a while since I've seen this this wound up <laughs> about a film. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I, I'm glad it like it, it, it evoked that kind of emotion in her, though. So that 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 must mean the emo- the, the 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 movie itself really spoke to her in a way, whether that's whether it, or not those were negative or positive feelings. It at least erupted something in her. Exactly. So like, I was like, at least you know, I'm like at least got a reaction out of you. So that's got to mean something. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not nothing. It's, it's funny that you guys you know brought that movie up because i'm actually uh the next book i'm reading is uh another one from gillian flynn uh it's kind of like a lesser known one uh from what i understand like it was adapted into a tv show but and amy adams like starred in it uh, it's called sharp objects so um, i think i've heard of that one. Oh, okay yeah because I'm, I'm a big fan of the the book and the movie too but so um that was just something that was in my backlog and i finally picked up a used copy of it so yeah, uh, I, I was going to use it for like a future what you got there. So stay tuned, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be reading that in, in the coming weeks. So yeah, it's really funny that nice. you brought that up. It's like sitting on my shelf like right now. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you, Taylor, for that tirade. Please tirade as much as you want, because we're just going to talk about it and probably laugh uh, laugh about it too on the show, because it's quite hilarious. Keep it up. Yes. <laughs> All right. But you know what's not hilarious, Daniel? It's making money, dude. Like we are, I don't know if fans, listen, I don't, people listening to this knows about us. Uh, you might've missed that episode. Go check out the dorky devs episode of Mass Effect. But dude, you and I, super famous movie producers and or showrunners. I don't know, whatever whatever we are i don't really know the title i just i just make the money baby but uh, exactly i i just i just come up with ideas and then hang out on my yacht all day exactly dude like it was good seeing you on the ocean on on the ocean depths uh this past week dude like your your new yacht that you got dude good color i love it solid gold not tacky at all (laughs) you and i definitely not overcompensating for anything (laughs) definitely not But Sony. off the back of our really popular uh, see, Mass Effect TV show, we got a chance to uh, see to do something else. You want to tell listeners about that? A little, yeah, a little bit. Yes, Sony has contacted us, bro, uh, uh, and and they, you know, they were like, you know what, Last of Us making gangbusters. It's it's like one of the high highest rated, like most viewed shows in HBO history. They're like, hey, Mike and Daniel. We need you to take one of our most revered franchises on the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, Horizon Zero Dawn, baby. I know we gave it to Netflix, but you know what? If they, you know what they told me in the email? They're like, "P.S. If you guys can do a better job, we're gonna rip it from their from their grasp, and we're gonna give it to you." So, Daniel, it's up to you and me to save the Horizon franchise, <laughs> save it from the evil clutches of Netflix, from the grasp of netflix are you up to the task my friend i i think i am let's do it daniel it's no secret about your i, I say disdain is a good word for all things netflix, <laughs> for netflix. it's on the bingo card it's on the bingo card exactly final fantasy 7 uh what else we, we got it <laughs> anyway uh daniel 
before we get into our version of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, it was it was it kind of made big news here that uh, you know Sony's been shopping around some of their bigger franchises, and you know, Horizon Zero Dawn was one of them. Uh, and there is a Netflix show coming soon. We haven't really heard much since that initial announcement. But uh, what were your general thoughts and expectations? going into the again knowing that like we don't really know anything i think there's a showrunner um oh yeah i did i did i did the research so the showrunner for this netflix adaptation is steve blackman who was the showrunner for the umbrella academy um again very successful show uh and that is on netflix right Yes, that is a that's a Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen season one. I haven't seen season two yet. But like, I've seen season two. I haven't watched the newest season. That's so weird. Why? Why are you? Why are you jumping in? Oh wait, yeah, that's right. Sorry. There's like three seasons now. <laughs> yeah, there's three seasons. Yeah, I've not, I watched season one and two, not season three. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, I, I, I haven't watched season two. two. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'll go back and watch season one later. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't seen season two and three. I, I'm sorry, I forgot that there was a season three. But um. Uh, like, what are, what are your thoughts on that show? Like, you know, Netflix isn't inherently like a bad place. Like, for every <laughs> no, yeah, for every like Stranger Things, for every Wednesday, for every Umbrella Academy, like, yeah, they have like twenty or so bad movies or shows, but like they can put out gems. So, what are your expectations going into Horizon Zero Dawn? Well, knowing that the show for Umbrella Academy, which is one of the better Netflix shows, that gives me a little bit of confidence. I, like I said, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm wary of all things Netflix still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that being said, like Netflix adaptations, adaptations aren't one like really great. Like, lest we forget, Netflix did a live action American whitewashed version of the very famous anime death note uh they also did <laughs> and that went oh well uh <laughs> what you don't you don't like it when they take obscure actors from 2000s nickelodeon shows and <laughs> make them make them like yagami no what do you mean mike <laughs> uh you know what he sure was like yagami uh <laughs> And, and and you know what? And I'll give them credit too. Like they they went in and and added and adapted Cowboy Bebop. I think I think it was fine was for it? what it was. That was actually good. I did I did, I I could not bring myself to try to watch that. Yeah, I think it could have been better. Uh, and I was hoping that like okay, well they'll they'll take the lessons that they learned from this one and make a season two. Oh, very quickly canceled. That that was so that was kind of a shame but uh yeah uh, so adaptation wise netflix doesn't have a great track record but um what is it about the netflix brand that like really worries you when it comes to horizon zero dawn in particular i I think a lot of it just does come from they are very much more about quantity over quality Hmm. they like to just pump their shows out you think they get lucky more than anything I think a lot of it is, and and just for me, just plainly, I think Amazon and HBO have proved that that the weekly format is just better for TV shows. Like the, I say the dumping the whole season at once. I just don't think it's just not a good model because it doesn't generate hype. 
I think it was a, yeah. I think it was a novelty when like they first started doing that. Like when they first started getting her original programming on Netflix, and like it was kind of cool that like oh, if you wanted to watch it all in a weekend, you could, or if you wanted to pace it out because of your own personal schedule, yeah, you could do that too. But uh, I think you're right. Like especially with premiere television, it keeps the sh- it keeps the franchise, it keeps the show in the conversation. It keeps people guessing, especially when it comes to like episodes with cliffhangers. Um, and right. you know, yeah, I, I think you're right. Overall, I think we kind of learned that week to week is good. Maybe you know, for the first week, maybe drop like two episodes. I think True, Amazon yeah. is really good with that. Yeah, um, Amazon. I think that's a great model that they have. It's like they can like lead you in with two. Sometimes they give they do three episodes. Sometimes even like get you hooked and then they got you coming back every week yeah yeah i think that's like the ideal one so i I mean we said the same thing too when we did mass effect and as we all know mass effect was went out to be a worldwide global success like everybody who watched that our netflix um (laughs) our mass effect went on to be very successful people who made a lot of money themselves and married anybody that they wanted to Right, and season two will be coming down the pipeline eventually. I am yeah, sure yeah. we will hear we will hear back about our renewal any day now. Mm-hmm. Still waiting. Call us back, Amazon. Hey, speaking of which, you know who do we feel should we trust with this net, uh, this uh, zero dawn adaptation? Do you do we think Amazon's like a great place? You know, I, I know that's where we put uh, that, that's that's where we sold mass effect too do you think that's another good fit do you think maybe we might want to stick it on hbo max and kind of give it that kind of corporate synergy with the last of us do you think maybe apple deserves a shot like what do you think well i definitely think that amazon would be good my only thing is like i'm i'm not sure how horizon fits with the hbo max catalog like you know what i'm saying it's just like i'm like i look at all the stuff that hbo max has and i'm like the Wood Horizon fit. With Are you saying because it's shows? like a because it's like a sci-fi show? It's just a sci-fi. It's a, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean I'm being weird, but it's like you know HBO to me always has like a certain type of show that puts on there, like gives you a certain vibe, and I don't know. You Horizon mean a lot of nudity and cursing? <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe that. Hey, hey, Last of Us doesn't have that much nudity. Uh, uh, yeah i mean we're only six episodes in at this point so give it time i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure but but yeah i i'm thinking i'm leaning let's see because apple tv is kind of more niche i'm like do you want to i mean i know they had uh yeah they don't do like high concept stuff on on apple the only thing they did no right the only thing i saw was they've done uh uh forgive me they did an adaptation of that classic sci-fi book i'm blanking on it right now the expanse uh, no that was on amazon uh oh, okay so i have the book on my shelf what is it i don't see. i'll think of it later okay yeah 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 you're right every time i see something on apple plus it's always like some political drama some some romantic drama some serial killer stuff you know it's stuff that doesn't cost a lot of money to make and i imagine right. you know with how high concept horizon zero dawn is we're going to have to spend some money on this. All right. Uh, yes. The show I was thinking of was Foundation. That That is the show that oh, gotcha. Apple TV has. And is that like a sci- high sci- high concept yeah. science fiction yeah. show? Yeah. It's like a classic sci-fi. So, you know, it's really heady and sci-fi. Okay. I, I do not have Apple TV, so I, t- I can only say so much about it. Yeah. The only like big franchise that 
Warner Brothers has, and I'm just thinking this for HBO Max, is like Dune. But like, you know, that's like that's a high concept like movie and they don't really have that as far as shows go. Like so they're probably yeah, they probably don't that probably wouldn't slot in really well. You know, Amazon has the Rings of Power, um, they have a wheel of time wheel of time they, yeah they, they just ended the expanse so you know there's a, there's now a hole for a for a sci-fi show in there yeah yeah you know the, our very successful mass effect is on amazon as well uh so yes. maybe we should yeah maybe stick with amazon like the and and they're willing to spend the money too like rings hey, of power i think is one of the most expensive shows ever created right right I I still want to watch one episode. I will get around to the rest of them later. <laughs> it's on our Amazon too. Don't worry about it. I'm Amazon, a very busy man. <laughs> right. I'm busy watching The Last of Us. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. And I'm very busy creating hit TV shows, so I don't have time watching exactly. other hit TV shows. <laughs> exactly. All right. So for now, we'll just we'll give Amazon a call. It's not. I, I'm not. I'm not closed off to putting on HBO Max. I do like the idea of corporate synergy of just you know having The Last of Us and uh you know horizon there with it so you know who knows maybe kill zone is next maybe the gritty <laughs> jack and daxter is next <laughs> did i yes, break I, you I, with I, kill zone <laughs> that was just such a pull <laughs> i was trying to think of like some like lame some lame playstation <laughs> franchise oh you you awoke in my brain i have like kill zone, <laughs> kill zone too yeah, and then for the kiddos, we'll put in, you know, on, on HBO Max, of course, we'll put in the, the Parappa the Rappa animated series where he just teaches kids how to, like, you know, chop onions and learn to drive and how to make ice cream. I don't know what Parappa the Rappa does, but... <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> bring it back, everybody. Bring it back. All right, so, uh, you know, like I mentioned, you know, Steve Blackman was attached to the Netflix version we're going to we're going to put this dude out of out of his misery man like he doesn't need to do this for netflix he doesn't need to sully his reputation by attaching his name to this potentially not potentially this guaranteed failure of a show if netflix has their way with it so you know what daniel do you have a showrunner in mind but who do you think would be like the best to um you know carry this uh the show for us because i'm not gonna do it i'm i'm, I'm an ideas man i'm i'm not right. i'm not we, the we one are the doing... producers yeah 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 we're the ones throwing money at a project you know oh oh i just i'm sitting on my cash right now i'm just looking through the cracks of my couch cushions oh look it's another 300 million dollars i have to spend on another new show to stay subscribed to the dorkiest podcast see what we burn this money on <laughs> right Def- definitely uh, not I, I, social pro- social problems to you know help fix the world no forget that i'm making no, the parappa no. the rapper show <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, yeah i'm not really sure uh, i say i i was had an idea but i don't know do you think horizon zero dawn is is it is it too straightforward and normal for jonathan nolan to, to show run <laughs> Well, I mean, John Nolan loves high concept stuff, right? Like he does. I'm just like I'm saying, is is this show too normal for him? It, you know, I think that's like, and it, I think I think that's what the brilliant thing about the Horizon franchise is is that like it starts off pretty like, oh, okay, it's just you know, hunter gatherer people with high tech, like, and right. then you realize then, like, what the background story is, right? Right. So yeah. So I guess if we're doing it with a like you know, simple premise, 
and a bigger reveal that that might actually be up Nolan and Joy's uh, right up their alley. Yeah, John Nolan. That's not that's that's not a name that came through my mind when I was thinking of showrunners. Uh, I was actually thinking of uh, Damon Lindelof, and he he's been attached. Oh, did you? Oh, you like that pick, huh? Yeah, oh, he's been, I like I like me some Damon Lindelof. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, he's been attached to other such projects like uh, like HBO's Watchmen from two, from twenty nineteen. Oh, utterly fantastic show! Like, right, and, or what I know him best for? Uh, I say Lost. That was his Lost, big breakthrough. Yeah. He also and, did Prometheus, and, uh, I believe. Right? Uh, did he do? I can't remember if he did Prometheus or not. He also did The Leftovers, which I have not watched myself, mm, but I hear yeah. nothing but good things about. Yeah, very very successful showrunner. You know, he he handles high concept really well, and he's also a writer. Like, he wrote a lot of the episodes of the HBO Watchmen too. I do like that John Nolan. Um, uh pick as well so ooh, who, who this is uh you know i i i think i am more sold on damon lynn while i didn't think of him but now you mention it there's a lot of themes in horizon Zero dawn that in my mind track with themes that he likes to explore in his shows oh absolutely yeah and the, and the way that he was so able to deftly explain like really heavy subject matter like you know and again i keep going back to Watchmen because it's one of my favorite shows of all time now and partly because of his writing like he was able to take like those like those themes and those concepts and like really write them in a way that were very understandable and i think the common person can understand them too and like sympathize with some of these like you know like heavy subject matter like race and 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 capital and and like corruption and things like that and uh, i just think he's a fantastic writer but i also think he might my, my one worry is that i think he might be a little too highbrow for horizon i'm not saying that horizon's like dumb but i just think he might be too smart for horizon zero dawn it does it that that is that is fair like you think like he might there might just not be enough high concept stuff there yeah, for him yeah. to latch on to right I, I can see that am i if i'm going to well, i guess i'll argue since you argue against your your pick i'll argue against mine my only worry about uh jonathan nolan is that uh he he can be a bit up his own <laughs> with some of his <laughs> themes like sure when people yeah complain, complain about when people complain about christopher nolan movies sometimes being quote quote pretentious i, I don't movies are pretentious but i get what they mean by that mm-hmm. it's like well that's often probably due to more due to jonathan's writing <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like christopher nolan is is more of you know an execution person that's why he directs the films that he does that's why he partners with his brother jonathan because jonathan is the writer but um right yeah i, I get what you're saying like i from what i've seen of things on like you know people talking about like some things on westworld that like really rub them the wrong way and i know he writes on that right Yes, yes, that was that was really the first big like, like TV show that I watched that he wrote. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, 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 I don't think we, I don't think you and I are both of these picks are bad. I, I, I think they, I think we have good reasons to pick John. I think we have good reasons to pick Damon Lindelof. Uh, so this is really like I could, I could really flip a coin on this one. Yeah, that's about where I am too. Yeah, I think the quality of the show wouldn't suffer no matter who is attached to this. So maybe we'll just maybe maybe we'll get lucky and they'll be writing partners. I don't know. We'll just we'll say Jonathan Nolan, 
with Damon Lindelof writing the show. <laughs> there we go. And if anybody wants to drop out, hey, who cares? You guys, you guys were both our number one picks. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, anything behind the scenes that we want to get to before we get to what, what I think is like the most fun part of doing this is part of the casting. Right. So, yeah, like the casting is what I have, but it's like ninety percent of my notes. So. Nice. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I don't really think I have much behind the scenes stuff I want to get into. Uh, did you have anything? Uh, I just wonder. I just wonder, like you know. Because it's a game and part of the the concept of the game is that like, you know, you're doing the exploration, you're doing combat and stuff like that. Is there anything that you would personally change uh, uh, while adapting this into a TV series? Do you think it needs to be exploration heavy? Do you think it needs to be shot like on location? Can we get away with making it look like a cheap Marvel film? (laughs) What does it mean to say? <laughs> but I totally understand what you mean by that. Oh yeah, yeah. Where everything just look you can tell they're they're in the the volume where they film uh you know most of the Mandalorian. <laughs> right. Uh yeah, I, I am always a bit of a sucker for shooting on location when as it, when it's possible. So that would definitely thing. It all just depends on how well you're able to implement the CGI of the machines with the environment. That's yeah, the, the CGI of the machines, I think, would be much easier, too. Because, you know, uh, I, I think the Transformers movies have kind of shown us that, like, CGI robots look a lot better, especially because, you know, a lot of them are shiny. Uh, that Like, yeah. they look a lot better than, like, CGI regular dinosaurs or, you know, or, or they're a lot less noticeable. Or dragons, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so that's not something I'm too worried about. And I, honestly, because they're robots, I, I don't think the cgi is going to cost that much money uh so i uh, as far as like the special effects budget goes too so maybe we can get away with doing like some on location stuff but because it's a tv show and we're going to be filming a lot i don't know if like we could get away with that per se so you know there are indoor locations we could film in you know we can we could build sets for like where the where the high matriarchs are like where the where the proving will be where like, you know, where, where the different villages will be, those can be indoors and too. But, and then maybe for some outdoor stuff, we can fake have our lead actress, like climb up mountains. We do, we do want our Aloy to be able to be like acrobatic, right? I, yes, I would think that is important. Okay. Yeah. That, that's definitely part of like her endearing nature and like her athleticism. And I think that's good. That's going to really endear to that character. Yeah. I, I don't think I would change too much either. Like maybe cut down on the combat. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think the Last of Us should really helped show that you don't need as much combat in the show because you know it just becomes gratuitous action scenes after a while. Yeah, I would argue though that like those are two dar- two very different games. Whereas like you know oh, you yes, play very much. you play the Last of Us for the drama and you pl- and I would say like half of the enjoyment of Horizon and forbidden is west the, is, is the, the exploration combat. and combat yeah. yeah so yeah so it definitely would want that but you know probably like, we don't need like like aloy fighting like packs of machines like every a uh, bunch throughout every single episode yeah. it's like probably have have it be more like you know maybe i'll be have to make your way through like herds of some and like you know we'll save like the really big set piece uh, parts of the show for when you get to the new anytime you encounter a new big machine yeah yeah De- definitely the the show aloy is going to play or 
is going to perform exactly like the way I play Aloy. Very high stealth. <laughs> We're going to sneak yes. our way through this area. <laughs> yes. All right, man. So let's get into casting then. This is definitely the funnest part, building this cast, seeing which actor and actress that, you know, fits. And if we want to like throw any cool like curveballs over here, do we want to start with the star of the show? Do we want to save her? What, what are you thinking? I, I think we can go ahead and start with the star because let's see, I have... I have 12, 12 different characters I have cast. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's that's more than what I have, so I'm excited to see the characters you felt like were important enough to talk about for this meeting here. So I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Um, and I got to tell you, Daniel, like five of these, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> well, I, think that's what... I mean, I do what you mean. I definitely say I had a much harder time with this one than our Mass Effect one. I mean, it's just because, you know, Mass Effect is so near and dear to my heart. That oh, of course. Like, it's easier time. But there were a lot of these. I had to, like, just scroll through, like, fan casts and, like, look through actors and be like, who on earth is going to play this character? Yeah, and I think that's one of the problems with especially the first game with zero dawn is i feel like the characters are not memorable enough uh and that definitely rolled over into the casting of of this show that i felt like well this character this character this character for sure we need to cast and i'm like i don't care who's who plays matriarch tirsa <laughs> well that's one of the ones i have but yeah that's I one of the ones i did <laughs> I, I didn't put a lot of thought. I, I went very easy and basic with my answer. Yeah, so I wonder if we'll have some rollover too. So that'd be cool. So so let's go ahead and just start with Aloy. Okay, right? Uh, you know that uh, whenever right. we get the, you know, whenever Netflix is foolish enough to to reveal the casting list and their Aloy, I guarantee you it's not going to be as good as ours. So uh, I have three actresses in mind who I feel oh. like are. Uh, I feel like would it encompass this role really well. So I'm just going right. to... I, well, I only have one, so I will let you go first. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So for this first one, this is the first person I had in mind. Uh, on, uh, I will admit, though, she is a little on the older side, uh, depending on how faithful we want to adapt this. So canonically, and I had to look this up, uh, by Forbidden West, Aloy is 20 years old. So, okay, I, so she's like what, like nineteen and yeah, Zero Dawn. I, then yeah, because Zero Dawn takes place like six and eight months before Forbidden West or something like that. Gotcha. So she's roughly nineteen years old. So uh, my immediate pick was Rose Leslie, who played. There we go. Yeah. All right. Same one. Okay. So yeah, she played. <laughs> yeah, that was the easiest one for me to pick. So I was like, who's that? Like Rose Leslie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she, if, for people who don't know, she played Egret in the in the Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. My only thing is that like. She's like closer to my age. She's like mid thirties. So like, in, in, right. unless we want to cast that, like I, I, I'd be okay with aging her up a little bit, but like, I think if we want to keep her faithful, uh, I did have a couple of other picks in mind too. Uh, the first one here is, uh, Sophia Lillis who played Beth, uh, Bev in the recent it movies. Uh, I think she's an actress that is, 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 is very good. She can play, exasperated really well because you need to play exasperated if you're going to be Aloy uh, and and she can play like she has like this wide-eyed like ad adventurous look to her 
to her eyes too. Like she has this sense of wonder. Uh, she really portrayed that really well in the it movies. Uh, she was also the lead actress in this um, speaking of Netflix, this, uh, this very short lived Netflix series that was adapted from this uh, indie comic called, I am not okay with this uh, very fascinating show that ended in a cliffhanger and then it got canceled. Uh, rest in peace. And, and, and she carried that show very, very well. So I think she has what it takes to be a lead character. And uh, as of right now, she's like 22 years old. So she fits right into that Aloy slot. And then uh, again, speaking, I, I just of- want to say that I just want to say this real quick, Michael, I'm looking at her filmography. Hey, you just mentioned this earlier. She was in the miniseries adaptation of sharp objects. Oh, very good. Oh, Sophia so- Lillis. Yep. Oh, very good. Yeah. So as soon as I read the book, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to watch that show. What is that on? Did, do you see that right now? Uh, that is an HBO series. Oh, cool. Right on. R-M-A-T. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, be, I, I be picking up that pirate booty. Uh, speaking of Netflix, uh, my last pick here for Aloy, uh, potentially, uh, Sadie Sink. And she played Maxine on the, uh, the Stranger Things shows. I don't know if she's like, uh, is a strong enough lead but she does kind of fit the age range she does kind of look like the face actor of uh, Aloy from the game uh, but I'm really st- leaning towards Rose Leslie but you know that's she's she's in her mid-30s at this moment so sounds right. like you were leaning towards her as well right right like Rose Leslie is definitely where I was leaning first off but I do get what you're saying is uh, it makes sense to go for an actress probably more I see more of the correct age. Again, I see, I, yeah, I will... we don't have to be super faithful. I mean, she. I mean, True. Rose Leslie. I think she can get away with like twenty-five. So, like, right. So, yeah, yeah. It's just like I was, for these other two, I have no real context for. Oh, okay. For their work, I've just not watched anything they've been in, so I can't, I don't have much to say that. So, I, I think maybe we age up. Let's see, Aloy, just a little bit. I, I think. You know, and hair and makeup and post-production, that, that can do wonders for making a character look however old or young you want them to look. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I think our minds immediately went to her for a good reason. Like, she's 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 very, like, electrifying. You know, in Game of Thrones, every time she was on screen, like, all eyes were on her. Like, she's a exactly. fascinating character. She's great with dialogue. She already has experience, you know, being a weathered person out in the wilderness with a bow and arrow, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it might be too easy. I guess might be the only thing that people might be, might, might see that and be like, Oh, this is obviously of course Rose Leslie, but uh, yeah, that's my yeah, only, but, you know what? Sometimes thing. there's no problem with being, with going with the obvious choice. <laughs> exactly. Like casting Henry Cavill in everything. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> see, listen, he need he, he's probably glad he as he, he did our Mass Effect show. He's all scared he for a season two, and he needs the work. Yeah, exactly. It's not like DC's calling him back. We got to talk about like, that, by the way, at some point. <laughs> oh, oh I, I bet slate. you have. I bet. I bet you have thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And by we talk about it, I mean like you sit there quietly while I go on a 90 minute rant on a 90 minute rant yep and and i respond with Mm. okay yeah Mm. so mike i didn't didn't really like the suicide squad movie but it's okay if you did (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, I'll tell you, Mike, I, I have this bit of a tangent, but I will we'll get this. I, I offhandly mentioned I talk. I have a one coworker that I can talk about nerdy stuff with. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about Batman, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I haven't seen the Batman yet. He's like, but I hope it's better see, than Ben Affleck. And I saw him and I was like, you know, I, I have a friend whose favorite Ooh. whose favorite live action Ooh. Batman is Ben Affleck, and his thought, he, uh, he like had a little weird look on his face and went, well, that's a choice. Ooh. Ooh. I don't, I don't like this conversation, Daniel. I, I really don't like this conversation. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's, on. let's move on. Let's move on, Mike. Who do you who do you think should play Rost? <laughs> My mind's a little broken. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So for Ross, you know, this is obviously a character. Uh, slight spoiler alert: we're not. He's not going to be around for much longer. Uh, so I, I wanted to pick somebody who, like, the audience loves. The audience has seen this. The uh, one of these people uh, in, in different things and already has an attachment to them because of their prior work. And you know, when when they're gone, it's going to it's going to rip their hearts out. So I was picking either. Nick Offerman or David Harbour? David, uh, can you remind me who, uh, what David Harbour is? Okay, so David, David Harbour, he's been a, in a lot of stuff. He was a Red Guardian in the Black Widow movie. Uh, he was the most recent Hellboy. Uh, he was Hopper in Stranger Things. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, I like, yeah, I'm looking at it like now. I was like, okay, yeah, I've definitely seen this guy in it's decent everything stuff yeah <laughs> yeah i'm like okay he's one of those actors gotcha yeah so i was thinking either him or nick offerman too and you know and you know speaking of some corporate synergy you know nick offerman's most recent portrayal as bill in the last of us i think proved that he is a very versatile actor and he can just kind of yes. do encompass any role you know i think he can play that mentor role that kind of stern mentor very serious and stoic uh to to our aloy and uh in when he's gone uh spoiler alert for the last of us like it's gonna rip your heart out and i think david harbour has that same kind of like charm to him you know he's he's a mentor to the kids in um stranger things and he's a very likable guy Uh, you know oh speaking of david harbour i was gonna say too he played santa claus in and uh uh oh crap that movie that came out last year have you seen it violent night my, oh yeah, I have not seen that, dude. I know what you're talking legit, about. That movie is really good. <laughs> I, I I would not have expected that. Yeah, it, it it knows what it is and it does it really well, dude. Like I love that movie. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, those are my two I picks guess. for Ross. Like, who did you have in mind? I, that was a, those are two very good picks. I had a couple. Uh, my first one, I I was uh, almost did as a joke, and then my wife was like, "Come on!" <laughs> I, I almost went with like, "Well, he's a mentor that people really need to attach themselves to before he dies." So I immediately thought we went to Sean Bean. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife was just like, like oh, "You can't so just pick good, all, dude." <laughs> she's like, "So you can't just pick all Game of Thrones actors." Hey, why not? Why not? The Last of Us is doing it. <laughs> exactly corporate but, synergy uh, baby right but the other one i i thought of kind of fit was uh jeffrey pierce do you know who that is i know the name let me google him really quick and so well if you will know he would i just what made you think of him he was he was just recently in a couple episodes of the last of us essay where he played uh the right hand man to that woman whose name i cannot think of 
Oh, yeah. It, oh, this and guy, he, and, he played Tommy in the original. Yeah, he, he voices Tommy in, yeah. in the original Last of Us. And I just, because I just thought, like, the, the, the way he looked in the Last of Us TV show, I went, hey, he has the look of a Rost. I yeah. just like his look. He looks like his name is Ross, like his real name. <laughs> right. That's a good it, pick, dude. And he's a good actor, too. Right. And he and he's definitely one of those guys that if you look at his IMDb, he's been in a episode of everything. Okay. So he can be in an episode of our thing, too. Or two. Right. Because he's two episodes. Because as I just look at it, it's like episode of Chrono Nines, episode of Sarah Connor Chronicles, episode of Castle, <laughs> every CSI. He just wants to touch every single franchise. That's awesome. Right. So uh, that was what came to my mind. Uh, wh- what do you think about that one? I like that one. And, you know, again, if we're if HBO Max wants to take this over, I think that, again, corporate synergy, baby. So I, I, that's a good one. The other three, though, have the name recognition and they have that visual uh, recognition, too, for the audience. I'm kind of leaning more towards those three. I do like that Sean Bean pick, though. But I think it might be too easy. I think your wife might be onto something. It might be too it's, easy to be like, oh, he's going to die. It's, <laughs> right. Is it too easy? Is it kind of too expected? It, uh, really, of the of those three, uh, the Nick Offerman one really speaks to me. Like when you mentioned that, I'm like, oh, that's a really good pick. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, this, is coming after, cause this is coming off of his stint on The Last of Us. And I think like his name is like high on people's minds right now. And I think people will just look at that guy and be like, Hey, that's, that's the guy I know from that thing, that thing that I love. Cause you know, he, everything that he's in, he's great at, you know, whether it's a comedy or a drama or whatever the case may be. And I think losing him is going to really resonate with some people and like really make us hate whoever the villain is. Do I remember? I don't know. <laughs> It was those guys Sorry. with the with they had the they had the they had the thing on their head. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Mike. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I think I think I'm going with uh, with Nick Offerman because I, I think you sold me on that one. That's that's a really good pick. I'm looking at Jeffrey Pierce again. I'm I'm just kind of scrolling his IMDb like you're doing. Like, oh my god, this guy's good. <laughs> He's been in so much stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, he's been in a bunch of Call of Duty games as well, Medal of Honor. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think he does like he's like a little, I think he was like um, mo like face mocap for one of the characters, along you know, with face, uh, along with the voice of one of the main characters in that Medal of Honor remake. Yeah. Like, oh, that's right. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Medal of Honor. Uh, oh, yeah. Just it was just called Medal of yeah, Honor. Yeah, it was just yeah, it's no longer. Uh, he may I think he may have voiced the guy that like does like you know talks in between all the missions or whatever. Oh right, I, right. I think I think he plays like mother. I think is what they call. Oh right on. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Good for him, man. All right, cool. So you know we got a bunch of like you know side characters, very important characters. You know I'm, I'm giving it a hard time because it's been a little while since I played Zero Dawn. Um, here here's an interesting pick, Elizabeth Sobek. What do we want to do with okay. her? Do we want to do we want to just age up Rose Leslie, or do we want to actually just- cast an actress? I, I kind of was just, I I didn't have that one listed. I just figured if we would just do like yeah, CGI or over makeup. Okay. You know, make, uh, that that's what I was thinking. I didn't think it really warranted an entire another casting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, you know, because at least in the game, everything that we see of Elizabeth Sobeck is in like um hologram. So even if we were just to age up Rose Leslie, it would just be like you know, it'd be easy. Like it it, it wouldn't like look. Yeah 
too awkward, you know, give her a new wig and give her some, you know, past slash future clothes and boom, we'd be done with it. I was thinking though, if we did want to do like episodes or flashbacks um, where, you know, we see Elizabeth Sobeck in that, in the timeline where she was alive, I, I, I was thinking of casting somebody like Uma Thurman or like Lena Headey. But I think that might be too, I mean, especially because the whole point is that like Aloy is a clone of her. I think that it might be too, I think there's too much of a discrepancy. So I think you're right. right. Like maybe we just age her up. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. So yeah, we'll skip that casting for now then. So yeah, I I just thought, I just thought it might've been, it might've been cool to like put in like another named actor for a little bit but uh who'd you have next on uh on your list who did you think was another important person uh, next i i next i went with olin considering I, I think he is he plays an important role that gets through the story okay yeah i i didn't have him on my list but uh, so who did you have in mind for him i had carl urban <laughs> oh carl urban's so good dude oh can we just make right. carl urban aloy <laughs> <laughs> i mean it would be a definitely interesting way to go with it <laughs> yeah dude carl urban so great i mean he's one of the lead characters in the boys he's in yeah. all of my favorite movies uh, right like he's like you know was he plays uh bones in the star trek reboot didn't he yeah he did yeah uh he's he was he's, uh, he played uh dread in the judge dread remake in the best dread movie yep yep he's oh yeah he, he's uh in the lord of the rings franchise he's oh, yep. uh, he's in thor ragnarok oh my gosh he's oh that's right i forgot about that one yeah behold my stuff <laughs> yeah and then he, he's a really like really obscure stuff that i'm like holy crap that was carl urban like he would play one of the main characters in the comanche moon miniseries that i remember watching like years ago yeah i always thought he would make a good batman Oh my god, he should be the new Batman. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, all right. Whenever they want to do like an older weathered Batman, like they're gonna do older weathered. Like, did you did you see uh James Gunn's uh video? Like I have not watched all of They're doing Damian Wayne, dude. Ooh, okay. Well yes, okay, yes, then my position is Carl Urban for Batman, please. Hell yeah. Let's just change this episode to Okay, we can't do it. We gotta have a whole episode about that. Anyway, yeah, Olin with Carl Urban, I, I like that. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna play a very important role to keep the story going. He's we're not gonna see much of him though. I mean, unless we yeah change the story up. Yeah, true. Which we always can do. And plus, if if we don't keep much, of, hey, we don't have to pay Carl Urban that much. <laughs> That's true. I think he's just happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. Uh, well, next I had Aaron. Did you did you have any actor picked for him? I did have Aaron. So uh, right. for Aaron. This one was- yeah, this was one that I had a lot of trouble thinking of one. Like I was trying to rack my brain. Yeah, so. for him, I had a tr- I had trouble too, but I ended up with two. Uh, and you know, again, I'm I keep bringing up The Last of Us because it's a great show. But uh, I was thinking either Pedro Pascal, who played the Mandalorian and also Joel in The Last of Us, or John Bernthal, who played Shane from The Walking Dead and The Punisher. Oh, interesting. Might be kind of out out there choices, but you know, I I, I see Aaron as kind of like this gruff, tough guy, especially in the front in the, in the first game where he's kind of a he's a bit of a lush. He's going through a lot right now, um, and I, I think these two can kind of portray that really well. That is good. I I went. I guess I went to probably. Uh, it looks like 
that I went probably a bit younger with mm-hmm. my casting. I went with my main thought was, was like, Aaron is kind of like a tough guy, but he also to me ha- has his character with has to have good like he has a good comedic timing with him. Very true. Yes. So I was trying to think of like I'll tell you my first one that ran through my head, and I told him I was like, "This makes no sense. Why is my brain only wanting to think of Aaron Paul?" Oh, that's <laughs> really like, good. Yeah. I like I I feel like myself. I was like, I don't know if that even remotely works. Yeah. The, the, whenever you saw Aaron in the game, did he did he ever like look younger to you? Yeah, I always, I don't know why, I got to, like, aside from the bushy beard, I always kind of struck me as he was, like, you know, obviously a little older than Aloy, but he didn't look like he could be more than, like, in his, at most, he'd be in his early 30s. Okay, yeah, he, he always struck me as, like, 35 and older, and I don't know, and, like, and I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's just the mutton chops and the and the and the beard. I mean, I mean that that's fair. The beard can do a lot. But, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Airfall is my initial one, and I was just shake shaking, being like, I don't know if he could do that character. I think he needs. I don't know. I'm like, I'm not sure if he could do that character or not. So I ended up on uh, Cameron Monaghan. Do you do you know anything about this actor? Oh yeah, I know him. Yeah, he was yeah. um the well in the deleted scene. Oh wait, no, that wasn't him. Uh. Oh yeah, it was in the deleted scene. Oh no, he was the Joker, but in the Gotham show. But he's also yeah, the uh, main character in the Star Wars Jedi game. Yeah, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah see, he played like two different characters that were both the Joker. Oh right, in, yeah, in Gotham. in Gotham. Yeah, and he also was. I think he got a start on that show, uh, Shameless. That's where he got a start. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw like two seasons of that show and I felt gross every time, so I stopped watching it. But. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. Guys, it's like, you know, he has some good comedic timing. And I don't know. I just saw, when I, saw, when I saw a picture of him with a beard, I was just like, that, that fits. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. And, you know, he's, he, he loves video games. He loves being in the Star Wars Jedi games. And I think, you know, this is great. Uh, you know, synergy for him too, you know, where he's, he's going to be acting in a show that's based off of a video game. Let's give it to Cameron Monaghan. I, I, I think he's a great up and coming actor too. And this would be a great role for him, a great supporting role that, you know, and if this show gets future seasons, which it will, you know, he, he'll have a lot more to do in the, in, and for horizon forbidden West. So that's a great pick, man. Nice. Very All right, Mike, who did you have next? Uh, let's see. So, the the main villain so to speak we got silence and you know what i was just like dude just cast lance reddick what are you doing uh let's say i went there but i i, I was like i wanna i wanna go out of the box let's just say that for lance reddick just couldn't do it okay conflict all of right interest. <laughs> conflict of like, interest <laughs> you mean conflict of schedule <laughs> Okay, scheduling conflict. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, well, because like he was literally my only pick. I was like, just just do Lance Reddick. What are you doing? <laughs> right. I, I figured that's why we were going to go. So I'm like, I was just going to throw another one out there. And just yeah, be like, go oh, for let's it. I went with Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter was he uh, Luke Cage? Yes, exactly. Oh my god, that guy is so handsome. Oh. <laughs> he is oh you know what i'm just gonna give it to you just just for speaking his name dude that guy is so good and he's in like other stuff too like i i i'm sorry i'm not familiar with a lot of his work like my first exposure to him was the luke cage show which he freaking killed it in that show too 
Right. I, I, I think my wife was that we didn't really like the show, but we loved Luke Cage. We loved him, especially in Jessica Jones. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. He was in Jessica Jones first. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great yeah. pick, dude. And he has that kind of like magnetism about him where like even though, you know, it, when it was revealed that like uh, silence was like, you know, for doing villainous intent, like you were like so enraptured by everything he had to say and he had like this charm to him and that dude that's just mike coulter you're right man right it's just like he's such a um he just grabs you with his intensity it's just like i he was the first one i went to i was like if i said my main thing being if we're going to say that lance reddick isn't available (laughs) oh yeah i just got a phone call lance reddick can't do it so you know i think we got to do mike coulter that's a great pick man all right. Uh, the, do you have any? Who else did you get? All right. So I got. Let's see. Do we want to do Ted Farrow as well? Like, cause I was really having trouble finding somebody. Oh, yes, I, I had just, a lot of trouble too. I just, I just wrote down here on my notes. Just cast some Zuckerman, Zuckerman-looking goober. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it, it was hard for me mm-hmm. to find one. And I find a guy that like I just scrolled through actors. I'm like, that one looks good. I picked Reed Diamond. Reed Diamond. Could you remind me who that is? Uh, he's another actor that's just been in a lot of stuff. Why he was on my mind was uh, we were watching me and my wife were watching Agents of Shield, and he pl- and he was on a season of that as Daniel Whitehall. Mm, okay, this must this must be after I stopped watching Agents of Shield. So I I just googled his name right here, and he looks like somebody who would um, start the end of the world. <laughs> right uh, but yeah he's like mostly known for like he was like in a season of 24 he was in dollhouse he was in like bit parts in shield bones the mentalist you know kind of stuff like that another actor that's been in a lot of stuff yeah does he normally just kind of play like evil businessman <laughs> i i really don't know because again he's been in a lot of stuff the only thing i really know about from his agents of shield so he, he worked really well as a crazy nazi immortal a nazi scientist so uh, <laughs> So yeah, someone who's gonna, you know, kickstart the end of the world. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. So perfect casting, I think. Yeah. So uh, we just kind of need, you know, we don't really need a named actor for this. One. Right. That's why I also wasn't felt too bad. I'm like, yeah, this guy, give this guy work. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So let's put Reed Diamond for Ted Farrow. Known goober, right. uh, Ted Farrow. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, all right. Well, based on this, I have a feeling you do. I don't even know if you've even cast this one, but I had Helis. Did you have anyone for Helis? Oh, that's a good person to cast, but I did not put him in there. Who did you have for Helis? I, I, I had a solo because I looked at like pictures of Helis. The only thing that came to mind was he has crazy eyes. He does <laughs> have crazy what, eyes. What actor do has, has creepy eyes? Like, oh, Rami Malik. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I think he might be too like highbrow for this though. He he might. I, I said my only basis of this casting was he has crazy eyes. <laughs> hey, I, I mean maybe if Rami Malik like hears that, he might be like, you know what? I do have crazy eyes. You're right. <laughs> Rami Malik. Yeah, we'll put him as a as a potential. Did you have any other names? Uh, let's see. Uh. I, the only ones I had, I think, let's go, let's go with this one. You said you had Matriarch Tirsa on yours. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matriarch Tirsa. And, like, I, and like even in the game, when she first showed up, like, I didn't want to do, like, all the matriarchs because, like, there's 
too many no, of them. I, and I, I, think, don't, I don't even remember the names of the other ones. Yeah, but like I think Tirsa is like the most important one there. And I just right. did a little bit of stunt casting for this one, but Dame Judy Dench. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I went with the other one. No, don't get mine too. But the other one I went with was Maggie Smith. <laughs> oh, Maggie Smith, that'd be great too. Well, is she still alive? Right. So, I, 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 I think so. Oh, okay, I, 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 I didn't want to be disrespectful. I, I actually didn't know. <laughs> I, oh, Maggie Smith is a good one. one. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I do think that I was like, yeah, let's go with, let's go with Judy Dench. I don't know. I like that one. It's just, it's just, it's good. Yeah, like she that has one? that kind of like very stern, you know, no nonsense look to her all the time. Uh, you know, I think most people would know her as M from the James Bond movies. Uh, so she just has like this authoritarian, stoic face to her that I think Matriarch Tirsa uh, is known for. So yeah, Judy Dench, I think, is a good one. But I do like that Maggie Smith because, you know, we, every, everybody knows her from the Harry Potter movies. And I think she's a great authority figure as well. But I think she had like this this kindness to her, you know. Maybe if you want to make that a part of her new character for the show, I think Maggie Smith might be a good pick. But if you want to go kind of authentic, then maybe Judy Dench might be better. Yeah, I, I think ultimately Judy, Judy Dench is uh is the best choice. Yeah, yeah, right on. I got three more here. Uh, two of them, right. I think, uh, uh, are, are are kind of important to at least some side stories. But I think they're going to be memorable characters. I was. Looking at the casting for Varl and Warchief Sona. Okay, I did not have these two. Okay, cool. So hear me out for Varl. Uh, you know, I was I wanted to reach out to some actors who I thought were really, really good and had like um have a lot of talent uh under their belt, but they haven't been really given a lot of chances. Uh both of these I think for um different reasons. So I was thinking either John Boyega who played Finn in the Star Wars sequels, or Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now, John Boyega has kind of been blacklisted from acting because he has been very vocal during the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, and he even said to himself, like, this might cost me my career, but I don't care. This is more important. And Ray Fisher has been blacklisted as well because he's been speaking out against Warner Brothers and, uh, and uh, Walter Hamada and Jeff Johns and he's choosing not to you know be a part of the hollywood system unless Zack snyder's involved so also we might have to get Zack snyder to sign on to an episode or two if we want to get far anyway eventually going like well if we want to get ray fisher i feel that definitely means we can't pitch this show to hbo then oh that's right oh whoops <laughs> i didn't think about that no, I just really like but, uh, Ray Fisher, though. So, I mean, I know you. Yeah, you pro- Ray Fisher is a good, a, a good actor. I, like, yeah, he is not the problem. I would not say if I have my issues with the Schneiderverse, my issue is not what's British on Ray Fisher being an issue. Yeah, yeah, I, I dude, you have to see Zack Snyder's Justice League because Ray Fisher is legit the star of that one. Bingo. Uh, <laughs> what would you think about but, John Boyega at least? John Boyega was the what I, I didn't cast. Uh, Cash Varl, but that was the one that came to mind the most. I'm like, you gotta get John Boyega some 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 roles, man. He is such a good actor. Criminally mishandled, uh, uh, mishandling of his character in the Star Wars sequels. Yeah, absolutely. He was in this movie that, I, and I forget the name too, because uh, I've been wanting to watch it. Where um, he plays this like a uh, this veteran, uh, this like Afghan war veteran that came back, and he's been going through like uh, uh, 
PTSD issues and like health issues. And like the VA wouldn't, has, has not been helping him. And like, so he goes, he decides to go rob a bank. So if you can find a synopsis of that, like that's a movie I've been wanting to see that, that John Boyega is the star of. So um, yeah, I, I'll reach out to that at some point. But I think John Boyega might be a better choice in this, especially if, you know, we're courting HBO Max. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I think he deserves a, a, a shot at something else that's like a big budget, like sci-fi adventure because like he was so good as Finn. And like those movies are especially part three, so bad oh my god uh, i'll post my i i love star wars star wars was like probably my first love of a franchise i still haven't seen rise of skywalker and i just have no desire to dude rise of if you want to see people legit shouting for 90 minutes for no reason watch rise of skywalker bro <laughs> oh yeah. what souls <laughs> rise of skywalker is legit one of the worst movies i've ever seen uh it's one of the worst like well-made movies i've ever seen so John Boyega, hey, let's give him another chat, man. Yes. Uh, War Chief Sona. I only had one choice for this, and uh, you might not recognize the name, but I think you'll recognize a character she's played. This is a uh, Florence Kasumba, who played Ao from the from the Dora Milaje of like the Black Panther films. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. As soon as you like go- Google her name, you'll you'll recognize her face immediately. She's like, boom, that is War Chief Sona, my queen, dude. Yeah, 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 you're, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> like, I, the, to me, there's like no other choice. Like maybe do um, the woman who played, uh, she's also in the Dora Milaje, but she was also Michonne uh, in The Walking Dead. Like maybe uh, her. You. Gotcha, but I, I like your first choice though. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah, she's 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 lesser known, but I think she's recognizable enough. Uh, but uh, I only had other one other casting for this one here, and I I, I chose the Sun King Avad. Ah yes, I do have that one as well. Okay, cool. Who, who did you who who do you have in mind for that? Uh, that was another one I struggled with a little bit. I wasn't sure if this one totally fit, but I went Oscar Isaac. I was leaning towards Oscar Isaac as well, but I think if we're gonna choose a young Aloy, which it doesn't sound like we're going too young, because there is a bit of a romantic spark between those two, right? There, there is a, there is a bit it is yeah. touched on. At least. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't want it to get weird <laughs> if it was Oscar Isaac, so. I don't know. But we might if if we do hire Oscar Isaac, we're gonna have to drop that storyline because that's yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> right. Well, I said I'm not totally sold on it. So you you tell me what who are you thinking? Okay. So I went purely on looks, but this is a very good actor uh, altogether. So you might not know who this is. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Hereditary. I have not. It is on my list of movies to watch. Legit, dude. One of my top five favorite movies of all time. Like, please watch it as soon as possible. But uh, Alexander Wolf. So you might have to look him up. Alexander uh, W-O-L-F-F. Uh, he's one of the actors in there. He plays like the son of um, the main character. Uh, and oh, my gosh. Amazing actor. And I think he like is like inch for inch, like a perfect like face match for the sun king avad in the game let's see i am pulling it up right now oh okay that works and oh mike mike this brings back my joke about i uh, say about death note that's that guy's brother oh it is yeah that's what i joke about about mid-tier nickelodeon actors these two brothers <laughs> were a nickelodeon show back in like 2009 oh really so this, this yeah, the guy I, who plays Yagami is this is his brother 
yeah, this is his younger brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, like, did you look at, they, they were in some mid-tier Nickelodeon show I loved watching when I was like 12. <laughs> oh, now we got to find that show. The Naked Brothers Band? <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm very oh, proud of liking, liking of Alex Wolf because he's also in the uh, Jumanji movies. Oh, that's right. Yes, he was. My, me and my wife love those movies. And when, and when she told me that's who it was, I'm like, wait, that's that guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just, yeah. Okay, no, no, you have sold me. That is absolutely who I want yeah. in this novel. And he's going to be in the upcoming um, Oppenheimer film, too. So, like, he, he, like people are noticing his acting skills. So like, I think he's a, he's a very interesting pick. And again, inch for inch. Like, isn't that guy like a dead ringer for Sun King of Odd? (laughs) Yes, he is. Yeah. And he's not like, like, yeah, he's not like totally aged out of, you know, romancing Aloy either. He's about the same age. I think the actor is like 25. He's like my age. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's still on the younger side. So like, you know, if we, if we want to say that Rose Leslie is, you know, 25 as well they can pass for you know romancing each other but uh yeah uh that that was my only pick and you know i think oscar isaac came to mind as well but again i had to think about that romantic spark and i it made me feel weird yes Uh, did you have anybody else in mind i i had i had one person and a voice (laughs) so uh i went i thought of uh I thought we'd finally get somebody to play uh, Gaia. Let's see, for the oh, UC, right on. See Gaia. Yeah. And only one person came to mind. I mean, it's a bit of a, um, it's, to me, it's a little bit of like, I see a bit casting, but I mainly went with Viola Davis. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so good, dude. Yeah. She has that kind right. of monotone, almost AI. You put a filter on her voice immediately like, oh, this is an AI. Yeah. That's 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 right. so good. And it wouldn't require much work. She just really has to stay on the sound stage yeah. and all of her lines, but it's all going to be done in a hologram. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know, I guess slight spoiler, we get to see a little bit of Gaia, uh, Gaia in like hologram form in Forbidden West too. So we can get Viola Davis if we needed to to come in and like, you know, do some CGI work. Right, so that, that would definitely be good. And the only one I, only other thing I had was uh, thinking of a voice for Hades. Oh yeah, again, I didn't think of that one. And who, who did you have in mind? I, I went with Matt Mercer because I'm just like that. That man can that man can do that work. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad that you you picked like a known uh, or or somebody who's prominent in the voice acting realm too. You know, because part right. a lot of times I get really frustrated with like stunt casting, especially like for, you know, family films or, you know, the Mario movie comes to mind. Like, you know, I, I get that you wanted to sell this to people who know who Chris Pratt is or know who Why does Chris Pratt really need to voice Mario. Uh, I mean, like it's arguable, right? Like, especially hearing him now in these trailers, like this, this could have been anybody, but like, you know, yeah, like, like let's, t- let's hire like known talented voice actors who have a right. long range of work ahead of them. But, uh, yeah, that's, right. that's a great Mercer, pick. Yeah, Matt Mercer also came to mind because I just started watching the Vox Machina show on Prime Video. Oh, how is that? That I, I just watched the first two episodes. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's something that's been on my uh, hey, on my uh, potential going, watch list. Right, and going into it, hey, uh, we have uh, Ashley Johnson is in that. Oh, she is? Yeah. That's, oh, you don't good know for that. her. And uh, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, the voice actress from, that plays Abby in Blasphemous 2, also in that show. Oh, Laura, Laura Bailey? Laura Bailey, yep. 
Look at that. Is this a, just a Last of Us reunion? Right. <laughs> I just, I, I love it because I, I did listen to a bit of Critical Role back in the day. And it's just all, all the show is just these famous voice actors playing D&D &D together. <laughs> and That's I so cool. It. Yeah, so this is just like a D&D style type of animated show? Yeah, they really just adapted their campaigns into like a narrative like show. And it's all the voice actors that hung out together. They're all just playing their characters. So, Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I've heard nothing but good things about this. And, and is, is, is it a lot of episodes? I think it's on, uh, for sure. It's like short. Uh, it's been renewed. I think there is a season two out. And I'm pretty sure it's been renewed for a season three. Oh, okay. So probably like there's probably like twenty episodes of it total out. Okay, so there's a, there's a bit of uh of catching up then. Just a little bit. Okay, cool. But yeah, I, I I'm watching the first two like basically the two part first episode basically. I I very much enjoyed this. This is definitely going to be a show like if I just want to watch something like entertaining, kind of turn my brain off. Yeah, there there's too much content out there, and we're definitely not helping by creating the show here <laughs> creating more. yes but yeah so matt mercer i'm like i've always loved the guy the guy is like a prolific voice actor yeah and he's like, got that booming voice like we're definitely have to filter it for sure but like yeah like, give, a little more, give him like a mechanical filter on it make it a little more robotic sounding but yeah yeah great pick dude like i think these are all like fantastic picks that's that's why the big studios come to you and me because we know characters <laughs> exactly very cool dude. is there any anything else you wanted to add for this show i i think that is it yeah yeah i i definitely want to do like some practical like parkour work too as far as like you know mo-capping because you know we're not, gonna, we're not gonna have rose leslie actually actually out there like spelunking on rocks right so we're gonna have to like somehow special effects that you know maybe on, on like an angled stage and get some professional parkour people to come and like do the mocap for that but uh i mean that's that was like my only other note um for that uh like the ro like robot like robots that's an easy cgi job like i could i could probably do that in my sleep but i i'm not going to do it because i'm a busy guy I'm too busy making hit shows so uh you know we'll leave that to, exactly. to the professionals <laughs> most definitely so i mean i mean the last thing i really want to say here is that like you know you and i we really love the horizon franchise or the horizon series I, I don't know what to think about like this Netflix stuff. Uh, I, I'm definitely more worried about it than I am uh, excited. Uh, Netflix yeah. doesn't have like the best reputation and they're known for canceling stuff that isn't, you know, that, that, that does, that doesn't make stranger things money. So I don't know. Right. Man. Rich, any, any show that doesn't make stranger things or Wednesday type money. Exactly. I want to cancel. Yeah. Which I'm like, I, you know, I guess we want to say how HBO is so much better. I'm like, well, I don't know. HBO did cancel literally every animated series they had to make two seasons of Velma. So, oh, you don't like Velma? It, that, that show's so, so good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, and I one person on Twitter said exactly right when it said it got announced by, uh, for a season two. I was like, I hate every single one of you idiots that hate watch this show. You're right. the problem. Yeah. Do you think HBO cares that you're hate watching something? They just care that no, you're watching that it. You're watching it. <laughs> I was like, that's why I just watch YouTube videos that show me the stupidest moments of it, so I so I can you know, know what it is without actually giving HBO money. Yeah, I had when you you know, explain that show to me and explain like why it wasn't doing so well. I had to like look into it. Oh man, everybody was right. This, this, oh, the, the writing is just so contrived and awful. Oh, I see. I spit nothing but truth. Mike, just like every comedian before hashtag me too. <laughs>
<laughs> that broke me. I thought, when I heard that oh come out of Velma's mouth, I just, I just, I, I, I just almost my brain broke. Oh God! But but you know they're just speaking. Tr- uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna try. Not gonna try. Anyway, <laughs> Daniel, get us out of this before we break each other more. What you got there? <laughs> Okay. Well, Mike, I have a show to talk about because just the past couple weeks, the uh, speaking of Netflix, I, I hate them, but well, I just watched one of their shows. So <laughs> Daniel, um, Netflix doesn't care wife, that you hate them; they just care that you watch their shows. Exactly. Me and my wife watched the first half of You season four. Okay, I've been, you know, you brought up you in the past and I was, and I, you know, I had to catch myself up, just be like, oh, what's the show about? You know, because I, you know, got your premise and then I got like other people's premises and watched some recap videos for a couple seasons. And it's definitely very fascinating, but I hear season four is in a bit of a rough spot. Can you confirm or deny? I, I would say this, it, it is a noticeably not as good. I, I am still having a good time, uh-huh. but I told Taylor it's, like, it's really going to depend on what they do in the second half of the season, if they surprise us or not. Because I, I argued that a lot of the stuff happening in the season, in the first half of the season so far, it's kind of an idiot plot mm. because the things are only, the plot's only progressing because Penn Badgley's character is kind of acting like an idiot. Hmm. Okay, so he's being like written in a way that he's, yet he doesn't normally act he's not he's not as smart this season he's he's not as calculating I mean, like he's falling for things that in season one or two of his character would absolutely not have fallen for oh so i can see how that might be frustrating for somebody who would have followed for this long and understands how smart and capable this character would be and only for them to kind of act like a dum-dum yeah, and and I and they are doing something different because you know I I get it every season cannot be uh, find new girl I'm obsessed with and end up killing her you know like I get you can't do that for every season or it yeah. starts getting repetitive but it's just like they they just went for basically the season's just a murder mystery like after him and, right and, no well the idea I, I think this is not because it's only the first episode he goes to a party gets drunk and he wakes up and, and with a dead body on his table and someone's oh. texting. And he cleans it up because you know he obviously thinks he did it while he's yeah. drunk. And then he gets a text message saying, "I was not expecting you to do that." And then so there's a person on the phone like harassing him, saying like, "I know who you are, and I know what you did." And the whole season, him the first half season, is him trying to figure out who it is. Oh well, at least the premise is interesting. The premise is interesting, but the very first episode, I said it's this character, and and, and I was right. Oh. I was I was kind of disappointed. I'm like, ah, okay, I'm all right then. <laughs> Well, what do you think is the issue with the kind of change in the quality? Was there like a change, like the showrunner, or I, I really just think it's it's the show has gone well past because mind you, there's only two books. Oh, okay. The show is based on the, the first two seasons are only based off the books, and they actually the the author wrote the third a third book, so they would have material to make season three, and they have not yet written anything. I don't think they've written a fourth book, hmm. so this is probably really the first time these showrunners are having to go completely off script that reminds so, me of yeah. something yeah that reminds me of something too <laughs> but yeah it's like i said the show is still not bad i'm still gonna say it's bad it's just i will be disappointed if the second half of the season doesn't do something to like break my expectations like i'm, I'm also like i'm needing like a twist that 
makes it okay that the first twist wasn't really much of a twist. Oh, okay. So was um, it, do you know like if this is a sh- if the show is like coming to like a a thematic end at some point, or, or do we know if this I is going to keep going? That. Okay, that might depend on how the second half of the fourth season is is done. And, and I do think, unfortunately, it is one of the shows that is threatening to go on past its need and for the quality to suffer. Mm, okay. Well, but you're, overall, you're still like watching I, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still watching it. Yeah. I, mean, I can't. That doesn't say much about me, Mike. I I made it all the way to till the sixth season of Riverdale before me and my wife finally <laughs> gave that up. So you know, I, I have a tolerant high tolerance for this. <laughs> hey, you got to You you got to finish the fight, man. I mean, like once you once you're in for something, you got to stick with it. Exactly. Very cool. Well, I wish you the best of luck. When is the uh, the, the the second half of the season coming out? It comes out in March, so they're really like just like a month apart. Oh, right on, cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Netflix did that too with um, last season of Stranger Things, which I think works well. I mean, if you're going to dump a lot of your episodes on one day, like maybe split it up because that might be better to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. At least then, like I said, it keeps it in the conversation and lets fans like speculate together. Yeah, yeah. And you like it, do like what you did, and you like end it on like the big cliffhanger reveal, and so everybody has to like. It's you know a month or so to like fan theorize. Yeah, and it's I'm sure it's definitely frustrating for people who don't have time to binge the entire thing, you know. And then all of their friends have, so you know their friends have to tiptoe around what they can and can't say. So you know, splitting it up at least half and half is a better compromise, at least for your bigger shows, right. Netflix. So yeah, that, that that's a good idea. I hope that they do that more often. Yeah, hopefully so. Yeah. All right, Mike, what you got there? All right, dude. So what I got here is actually something I can thank you in part by because this was a recommendation from your boy Tim Hickson. Uh, that's right, hello future me over on uh, uh, over on the on the YouTube's over there. Uh, I just finished a book this past week that he uh, highly recommended. So he had a video like a month ago. Um, you know, I, I, I forget the title of it. It's just something along the lines like uh, something along the lines of like, oh, you have to read these books if you love fantasy. And like, hey, I like fantasy. So uh, one of the books he recommended uh, was from one of uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, Neil Gaiman. Uh, this is a book I actually haven't really heard much about, uh, but this was written back in like 2013, I think it was. But uh, this is the Ocean at the End of the Lane. Uh, have you heard about this book uh, at all? Yeah. I've not read it, but I do see it in the bookstores anytime I go in and I'm looking at the Neil Gaiman stuff. I do know it is highly recommended. I just have not gotten to it myself. Oh, cool. Well, it's a it's a very simple read. Uh, I, I have the hardcover version. I bought it on eBay. Uh, it's like 170 some odd pages. It's not long at all. It took me like like three long sessions to read the whole thing. And um, and like, yeah, I, I, this, this and the reason why Tim from Hello Future Me recommended it is that he said this is one of neil gaiman's best books uh and uh and, and he the reason why he said that is because like as much as and, and and i and i agree with him on this point like as much as i love neil gaiman and you know his writing and his world building and his characters he does kind of meander a bit as far as like an author goes like he just he does this kind of like okay, now we're talking about this for a little while. And it was one of my frustrations when I was reading um, American Gods, uh, which I love a lot, but like that was 
uh, because you know Neil Gaiman himself loves mythology. He just, he loves going on these tangents when he's writing, and I just want right. to get to the story. You know, he has the Robert Jordan uh, issue of just like, hey, let me let me just talk about this for a minute. Yeah, yeah, like we'll 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 get to this very important part when I tell you where it's important, right? But no, but th- this one really is a lot more focused, and it really is engaging. It really reminded me of when I was reading Coraline because um, it, it 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 kind of it's very has like very similar like horror aesthetics like fantasy horror aesthetics that Coraline does so i think like teenage and maybe older kids can probably read this book too and not be like too spooked out uh it does kind of feel like it's within that age range as well um but like similar to Coraline, like i feel like that this book is very focused it's got like very interesting like high fantasy concepts with like some body horror and some surrealism and the way that he weaves um, what the ocean at the end of the lane actually is and the way that he describes it, which is, was just very enthralling. And it had this beautiful, well-told ending that just like, you know, as soon as I, you know, thematically felt like the book was starting to come to an end, like I just shotgunned it all the way to the end and, and read the epilogue as well. And like, I just felt this like, ah, this like sense of relief, for the story and like just how well told it was. Um, so highly recommend this book. So thank you to you, Daniel, for recommending me. Hello, future me on YouTube, because without that, I wouldn't have known about this book. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, so like, I think I have very, I don't watch very many YouTubers anymore. I've really cut down, but he is definitely one that anytime he has a video out, I will, I will eventually make the time to get around to it. Officially. I know he just put out like a two and a half hour video. I'm like, I will get to that eventually. Yeah, that's really I mean, he, long. He does have like a lot of like uh, big think piece uh, uh, videos out there, but you know, whenever I get a chance to uh, uh, watch him and sit down and or maybe put it on in the background while I'm reading or something or while I'm uh, working or something, like he's a very right. fascinating individual, and I like the way that he doesn't talk down to people who don't read as much as him. Like I feel like a lot right. of like authors of, and book yeah, lovers book do tubers. that yeah yeah they, a lot of booktubers do that even the ones i like i will i i accuse of that sometimes where it's like they kind of get a little too highbrow for their own good yeah and like he's one of the only like book two people that i've ever like admittedly i don't come across a lot of them because i'm not like a big reader i'll read like maybe three maybe four books a year um but like uh, yeah i i love books i have many i don't read i don't read a lot of them yeah so. just my other my other hobbies just take up a lot of my time but uh, like right but you same. know when i do come across people who recommend books like they have this like you said like kind of highbrow kind of attitude about themselves and every book they've ever read is like the greatest book ever and you should definitely put this on your must read list but, like he's like one of the only ones that that's like gives you like real talk like oh yeah i like this book but like you know it's a little slow and like some of the characters aren't well developed and stuff like that it's like i need to hear that sometimes i need to know that like uh because even when i go on like uh like goodreads.com or try to read like reviews on amazon or barnes and noble everybody gives every book a five star and it's not helpful (laughs) no it's not it's really it's really bad that's why I said yes. So that's why for me, it's like Hello Future Me and Daniel Green are like my two go tos for booktube yeah, stuff. Because absolutely. like you said, they're they're more they're more like mellowed out. Like at least I appreciate Daniel Green. If anything, Daniel Green could argue for the other one is that he he very rarely gives a book a perfect score. 
that he's and he's kind of like, well, I read so much and I have such a high opinion of what the best stuff is. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be, I'm going to be very curt and critical of stuff, which I'm like, and that's good because it helps me know is this really worth my time? How high on my TBR should this be? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the reason why, like, when he said, like, oh, I think this is Neil Gaiman's best book, like, it really perked my mind because, like, I know how he reviews books and how he recommends it and how he understands that, like, somebody who's watching this video isn't as much of a reader or a writer like I am. So like, I really appreciate that about him. So thank you again for recommending uh, his channel to me. Very welcome. I, it's always great to come across those YouTubers. Absolutely. That just really, uh, there's always right. Release good videos. Absolutely. My friend. So, you know, speaking of good content, that'll do it for this episode. <laughs> so great. I had a great time, uh, you know, building the show out. So, you know, we'll see what Netflix does. Uh, rumor has it. This Horizon show is supposed to come out sometime in 2024. So who knows if this will even go through, if it'll get canceled, if Netflix will even be a thing. Because, you know, they're doing a really good job of getting people to cancel Netflix these days. Uh, so <laughs> right. I also say this. I, I just they released that uh, that leak about what the stuff they're maybe planning to do to prevent people from sharing passwords. I just told my wife, I was like, all right, if this happens before we get to watch all of season four of you, I'm buying I'm buying a pirate ship. Our <laughs> matey, dar the yes. be over there. Stranger Things season five. Arr. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, uh, pi- yo, real talk out there, Netflix. I, I know you got our number. You 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 know we talk all the time. We're very famous showrunners slash producers i don't know what we do whatever we make a lot of money anyway <laughs> you know you know you got your number we know you're listening dude it's very easy to pirate stuff very i could do it on my phone right now oh that that whole season season four of you i can get that right now i don't care i don't need netflix i don't need your netflix password sharing to to, to get and watch that give me a reason to to pirate your stuff i will do it so the reason why i don't do it is because Having a subscription is very easy. And if you're preventing me from getting a, a, a subscription, and I'll say it right here, I don't pay for Netflix. I'm using my best friend's Netflix. And if you're telling me that I, I can't... I don't pay for Netflix either. Exactly. <laughs> I use my parents' Netflix. <laughs> and we complain about Netflix the most, the two people on the show who are paying for it. <laughs> but if you if you don't want us to watch your content, yo, I'm just going to steal it. I don't care. Come at me, bro. But, you know, and that, and that goes for, like, hbo max and hulu and everybody else like if you don't make it easy like your your one your your one competition is piracy and if you don't make it easy for people to actually consume your content they're just gonna pirate it so maybe some food for thought there netflix definitely but also rbt for my co-host daniel i am your co-host mike and like we say when we are you know doing the proving GG!